Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 15 of Chat Disney. So welcome back to another episode on the Chat Disney podcast. This week, Tash and I are going to be exploring the best Disneyland attractions of all time and we're also going to be finishing today's episode with a very special segment Ohana but before we get into all of that let's have a quick look at what's been happening in the world of Disney this week. have announced a new upcoming film, Soul, which is due to arrive in theatres on June the 19th next year. Um, So far we don't know too much about this film. We know that it's going to take place on the streets of New York and it's going to end up becoming some kind of journey into cosmic realms to discover answers to life's great mysteries, I believe. Um, So yeah, a bit of a mystery that one at the moment, kind of I don't know, suggests to me that it might be a little bit like Inside Out with the whole soul thing, but I don't know. Stay tuned. Or maybe it's soul-like soul music. I don't know. No, I definitely saw it as like, I got soul, but yeah. that kind of soul. Yeah. In the world of Pixar as well, we've got a bit of sad news for you all this week. Obviously, Toy Story 4 was released on Friday, and Tash and I will be doing a full movie review of that for you next week. So remember to check in for that. But there was no Pixar short. I'm so sad about this. I didn't realise yeah. that there wasn't going to be one. Yeah, I mean, I did read about this ahead of going to the cinema. Um, so I did know, but it was still very disappointing Gutted. indeed. I wonder why the decision was to do that. I mean... Selfishness. Okay, yeah, evidently. <laughs> also, this week it has been announced that for all you Avengers fans out there, not like myself, Avengers, a- Avengers? Avengers Endgame will be coming back to movies theatres um, with some new footage um, which I believe is going to be post credit uh, image imagery imagery footage um, and I believe the whole point of this is that they are really determined to beat Avatar in uh, becoming the biggest selling movie it's a joke and are you going to go no well maybe as I did have a bit of a snooze actually I haven't I haven't admitted that on this podcast I did have a <laughs> little bit of a nap during Endgame so maybe I should go back I mean isn't it already three hours long or something ridiculous? it was so long and I went really late and I'd had a lot of red wine prior to my visit so who can blame me the only way you'd get near there <laughs> <laughs> this week in the world of kind of colossal crazy things um Bo Peep the new style of Bo Peep was launched at uh, several of the Disney parks including Disneyland Paris for meet and greet and her queue line was actually closed before she even made it out into the park because it had reached such significance it was pretty long uh, and it was a total of four hours I believe for the wow. people in the back of that queue I mean if you haven't seen what Bo Peep looks like she is the stuff of nightmares it's she terrifying I don't like any of the um, costume characters of any of the Toy Story cast because they just the faces don't move and I always have an issue with that and I yeah yeah, I wouldn't I, be in that queue. No, I think some of some of the characters are okay that I've seen. I would love to meet um, Flick and Princess Atta. I think their costumes are pretty cool, but no, this Bo Peep is terrifying. It's more just the Toy Story ones for me. Yeah, well, I mean, and let's let's narrow it down. Jesse and Woody. You don't. And know. Bo Peep. No. What about Buzz? Buzz, I can get by with. Okay. I don't know why he's a bit different, but Merida's cool as well. She's a face character. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think Sully's a bit creepy too. 
Do you? Mine's just the Toy Story ones, really. There we are. There we are. And finally, Leah Salonger, the voice of Mulan and also the singing voice of Princess Jasmine in Aladdin, is doing her first ever UK and European tour. You can catch her this summer at London's Palladium. Tickets are available now. She's going to be singing lots of favourites, including Reflection from Mulan and A Whole New World from Aladdin, along with some other popular musical theatre songs from the likes of Les Mis and various other works and that's pretty much everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week we are now going to move on to the main part of the episode chatting about the best attractions at Disney parks treat this week as Tash and I are going to be divulging into the all-time best attractions from the Disney parks around the world. Now we should caveat that with the fact that it's our opinions on the best attractions in Disney parks around the world. Definitely. So uh, yeah, I mean I think most of what's on our list are pretty popular across the board but uh, if there's some you disagree with then please do feel free to let us know. For sure and we should also just say that we are both going to be running through our top five favourites starting with number five and working our way up to number one and these are all very much rides so we haven't included any sort of attractions including things like Mickey's Philharmonic, um, anything that's kind of auditorium style or where there's not very much motion we have omitted from this list so you also won't find the tiki room in there either (laughs) if that's what you're looking for (laughs) so mercedes do you want to kick us off and talk about your number five sure so fifth on my list is toy story mania oh interesting i did not expect to hear that in the list yeah so toy story mania is one that i is a bit of an unconventional one for me as well um i don't normally like the kind of arcade style shooters um buzz lightyear is not you know the buzz lightyear attraction is not one that i would say is a favorite of mine But the execution of Toy Story Mania, I remember I first went on it in Hollywood Studios in Florida and I think I queued something like two and a half hours, maybe three hours. Yeah, because it had just come out. It was brand new and we were there on a two week holiday and we'd kind of done everything else that we wanted to do. And the fast passes for the day had sold out. So we were like, what the hell? Let's just queue and go on this ride. We want to go on it. And yeah it it was worth the wait surprisingly I really love this ride I get really competitive um I went on it recently in California with my grumpy boyfriend and I took great pleasure in whipping his ass good for you I mean I agree I'm not really into the kind of shooter style rides either um but I do think the way that the Toy Story Mania is done I mean I've only been on it in Tokyo Disney Sea um but it was executed very well in there um although I do spend more time kind of looking around at the ride than actually focusing on shooting anything oh see now I think if you did that I can understand why you're surprised it's on my list because it's quite uh it's it's just like a studio a a studio that's a shooting studio studio um yeah it's just a studio essentially with screens it's not like yeah it's a bit basic isn't it in terms of they haven't really 
dressed the rest of the set um but yeah as I say I'm very competitive and I am 100% focused to that screen and I love the little things as well like if you score like one of the gold stars or something or like you do something cool you'll get like a puff of air in your face and like there's just loads of little nuances like that that I think really elevate this and take it from a basic shooter to a really exciting family game full of twists turns and competitiveness so that is why it's my number five Tash, what's your number five? My number five is Indiana Jones in California. I love this ride. Um, again, even though I haven't been on it for quite a few years, um, it's got a real sense of nostalgia for me. Um, when I first went to California in 2000 with my family, it was kind of one of our family's top rides. We went on it many, many times. Um, I think as I went, I went when I was 10, so I was kind of in the age where I was a little bit, getting a little bit too old for kind of the very tame rides, but I was also a bit too young for sort of your roller coasters and things like that. I didn't go on Space Mountain that year or anything. So for me, it was it was a thrill ride at the time, and I still think it is. I love the way that you're kind of sitting in those traditional kind of jungle jeeps and you kind of get thrown around all over the place and you kind of take different paths every time you go on it so you never know exactly what you're going to get um I love the bit with the big snake which is kind of very reminiscent to Indy's fear and then obviously you've got the bulldozer kind of is it a bulldozer kind of coming at you yeah. at the you end mean like the um the, the ball the ball it's it's like a, a well bulldozer is a machine isn't it yeah like the ball, the, ball just, the rolling ball it's just a large rolling <laughs> the ball. large rolling rock <laughs> which um, is obviously from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I love that bit. And when I was younger, I can vividly remember every time being adamant that that thing was going to hit us and it never did. <laughs> what um, What are your thoughts on this ride? Obviously, you've ridden it a lot more recently than I have. Yeah, so I didn't really know what to expect. The only Indiana Jones ride that I had been on um, was there was a small segment in the great movie ride, but then also the coaster in Disneyland Paris. And this is completely different to both of those experiences. Um, it's really, you know, I, I love those rides where you're kind of being driven around and it's a bit erratic and chaotic and you feel like you're going to literally fall out of the Jeep at any moment. Um, so, yeah, and it didn't feel dated to me either. It still felt quite contemporary even though it's been around for quite some time so yeah I can totally understand why that's on your list yeah I think I really like rides when they tell a story and that definitely does um I mean that's kind of it's its own story away from the Indiana Jones films it's kind of the temple of the forbidden eye um so it's set in India in 1935 I believe so it tells a different story and then you've got one in Tokyo Disney Sea as well which is based on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull which is a terrible film but still it's a good <laughs> version of the ride as well yeah I know what you mean with that kind of whole narrative thing. Like, it's very kind of reminiscent of what Universal Studios used to do with, like, the Jaws attraction, where the cast members almost becoming a part of the narrative, where they're kind of like, hold on, guys, we're going this way. And, you know, they're creating um, that action and, and giving it more momentum, which obviously in California, where there's lots of kind of has-been wannabe actors there's lots of people willing to take on that role. So it was executed with great precision. Um, so moving on to number four on your list, do you want to kick off with your fourth favourite Disney attraction? My fourth favourite Disney attraction is Big Grizzly Mountain in Hong Kong. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with this ride, it's very similar to Big Thunder Mountain, um, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Shanghai. So it is kind of that whole runaway runaway train kind of ride um so with big grizzly mountain i think one of the reasons it's my favorite is i had zero expectation of it i kind of expected it to be 
pretty much a carbon copy of Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and I went on it, and the first time, because it goes backwards when you get to the top of the hill, it then rolls backwards. I thought it had broken. I was terrified. I was like, oh my god, it's broken. We're going to crash into whoever's behind us. And then it kind of takes you off to this different path. And then you kind of wait there for a couple of seconds and it says something and then it launches you at kind of space mountain th- uh, speed. And um, yeah, I just wasn't expecting that from that ride at all. So that is kind of why it is my number four. Cool. I think um, when I was kind of compiling my list, one of the rides that I wanted to pop on there, um, but unfortunately it fell by the wayside, was Expedition Everest in Walt Disney World in Animal Kingdom. And from what you've just said, spoiler alert, that's the same. Okay. So you start going up and you think like, oh, this is a nice little runaway train. And then you basically, you see this bit of track that's been ripped up by the Mm -hmm. Yeti. It's kind of a bit like the Matterhorn as well. Um, and then it's same as you've just described Uh you start rolling backwards and I agree I think I can totally understand why you like that attraction despite not being having been on it I think that anything where it's kind of it subverts your expectations from the ride that you're used to um, it totally has that element of surprise and yeah I can I can totally understand why you like it definitely so share with us your number four Mercedes so fourth on my list is Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris now I did kind of toy with the idea of just putting Haunted Mansion and kind of covering all of the different haunted mansions around the world that I've been on but Phantom Manor is definitely a standout for me um, and I do definitely enjoy it a lot more than the haunted mansion Um, I think the reasons for that are first of all the aesthetic I love that building that kind of homage if you will to Alfred Hitchcock and the kind of great horrors um, you know from from the cinema silver cinema what's it called the you know what I mean the era silver screen screen? what am I trying to say just like classic Hollywood scream type movies is what I mean um but yeah I love that I love the architecture I think I just love the narrative so much as well the fact that it actually has a narrative um the haunted mansion um is you know just a bunch of creepy stuff essentially in a house whereas Phantom Manor you've really got that that pacing and you've got real characters and you get to see their development as the ride goes on and I think that's why um obviously Phantom Manor has been closed for quite some time now and it's recently reopened with these refurbishments and they've made even more of that narrative and Melanie Ravenswood the bride that's featured in that ride has got even more um yeah even more presence so I can't wait to go on that um and yeah I just I think again for me you know my childhood memories I always felt very brave for going on that ride um because it did feel a bit scary and a bit dangerous and a bit grown up um and it was yeah definitely a favorite of mine when I was at the age that I kind of was over Peter Pan but I wasn't quite ready for Space Mountain um that was it's just it's just a favorite family attraction of mine when I think of Disney Parks Haunted Mansion Phantom Manor it's just a kind of traditional classic Disney attraction um that I really love definitely I completely agree and when you think of kind of going to a Disney Park you always think of I mean I would say probably there's about five rides you always expect to have and that is definitely one of them um and agree I it goes back to that whole thing I love a love a ride with a narrative 
love that it slightly varies in all parks um of course you've got phantom manor then you've got the haunted mansion then in um, hong kong you've got mystic manor um which i'll talk a bit a bit more about a bit later but that's kind of its own completely different version but still kind of based on um phantom manor and haunted mansion um but yeah it's a, i love about that ride as well you really get your money's worth it's a good long ride mm, yeah like and even though you're queuing when you're still kind of in the queue when you first enter into the building and you go into the foyer and then you go into the elevator and then you still have to queue some more after that it doesn't feel like you're queuing at that point so the minute you kind of enter through the doors of the building you feel like you're on the attraction and you're kind of submerged into this world um definitely so, yeah disney are very good at doing that and kind of making the rides you know it's not like when you go to another theme park and it is just a queue disney are very good at making their queues kind of interactive and all part of the experience of the ride so it kind of you know takes away from the fact that you might be queuing for hours i don't know if i've discussed this with you before but i've definitely had a conversation with my friend dan about this but we were once in the queue for phantom manor or haunted mansion i can't remember where we were and there were like cobwebs everywhere and we were saying i feel like maybe we have discussed this but disney have this great knack of choosing theming that's kind of like dirty or like derelict they do and we were like do they do that so that if there's a yeah so that if there's a real cobweb it doesn't like ruin the aesthetic probably it's a good idea yeah it doesn't have to be immaculate and this is this is this is one of my issues when you go to parks i mean again kind of spending a lot of time in the asian parks you see it a lot but when you're in these queues and all you see is people kind of staring at their phones i'm always like no that is not what disney is about like disney is about going and being with your friends and your family and also you completely miss all the small details that someone has painstakingly spent so much of their time finding these things and putting them in queues and putting them in the exact right place and if you kind of don't take that all in a half of the ride i feel is almost wasted on you yeah if you're looking at your whatsapp you're going to miss that cobweb definitely definitely it's very important <laughs> moving on then to uh, our top three so in the bronze position tash what have you got on your list so i've got tron um it was quite difficult to kind of place my top three but i decided to go with the third spot for tron um, so Tron at the moment, currently only in Shanghai, but it is coming to the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World as well. Um, I'm not sure when, if it's later this year, but it is coming. Um, so it's obviously based on the 1982 film of the same name. Um, and again, doesn't really focus so much on the story kind of things. Although, again, you've got that whole thing of being in the queue when it kind of builds up i mean the only thing is when they're kind of doing the narration in the queue it is all in mandarin so there's only so much you can take from it but the queue with kind of the dark lighting and the music which i can hear in my head right now it's that anyway it kind of helps build the suspense for the ride um and then obviously when you're on the ride you're kind of riding the um bikes so you've got kind of one leg on the other one leg either side of the bike and you're kind of leaning forward um the first time i went on it i was like how is this secure because you've kind of got this shell over your back and then your legs are just kind of clamped in a little bit and um, but you can kind of move and sit almost not quite bolt upright but you can kind of move quite a lot um and actually i would say one tip for this ride if you do go on 
is to actually not kind of lean down how you're supposed to. I think it's better if you do kind of go up. And even if you let go and you don't hold on, then when you kind of go inside and you do the first big drop, it actually feels like you're free falling, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a great ride. I think it's very, very well done. Um, I love the whole element of you're kind of racing the other team. There's two tracks, there's a blue and a yellow one. Um, and yeah, I, for me, it's just a great thrill ride. I think that in some of the Disney parks, Shanghai definitely being one of them, there aren't many big thrill rides. And I think that is why it's probably one of my favourites. Mm, yeah, I would agree with you. I really loved Tron as well when I went to Shanghai. I think actually one of my favourite things about Tron was actually in the queue. There's this really amazing moment and um, it only ever really happens the first time you go on it. After that first time, it's, it never has the same impact. But you're in the queue and there's a big panel of glass next to you. It's frosted, so you don't really even notice it. And just before you're kind of going through this door to get into the loading area, the frosted glass just all of a sudden becomes see-through, becomes opaque, and you can see the people below you um, they've already boarded, they've already kind of started to go along the track a little bit. So it's literally just the people that are on the ride, on the bikes, in isolation. There's nothing around them. You can't really hear anything. And then all of a sudden you just see them take off and it's a big launch, you know, something like rock and roller coaster, that kind of gravitas. And then the glass goes frosted again. And it's the most surreal, like, anxiety ridden feeling that I can ever explain. And I know that's such a specific nuance for me to discuss. But it's my absolute favourite thing about that ride. Yeah, because it was almost like it go, it happens so quickly. And then as soon as it happens, you're kind of ferried out of that bit of the queue into the next part. You don't have time to kind of realise what's going on. You kind of see it go and then you're like, wait, what? It reminds me, this is going to sound really strange and dark, but it kind of reminds me of like a dystopian future movie of like the handmaid's tale or game of thrones i know that's set in the past but you know these kind of really barbaric societies where you see someone get their head chopped off and then they like ferry you along yeah like nothing to see here like it's all okay <laughs> so. looks, yeah i know what you mean and then you're like oh my god that's my fate that's what's gonna happen yeah. to me um it's really amazing as i say the only slightly disappointing thing about it is after that first time you see it it never quite has the same impact but i know that when we rode it together you were really looking for my reaction at that point because obviously you know what was coming um so I guess yeah sharing it with people that haven't been on the attraction is the way to experience that time after time definitely um, but yeah that I, I really like Tron and I think that um it's a really nice alternative to Space Mountain as well um, and again as we as we've discussed with um you know some of the other rides that we've discussed already it's nice to have a twist on a classic attraction I feel Tron does that it's a Trist, a, a tryst, a, a twist, twist, a twist, a twist on Tron, a twist on Tron. Um, it's a twist on your kind of classic Space Mountain Tomorrowland style coaster. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a great ride. I think if you are lucky enough to go to Shanghai or even when it comes to Walt Disney World, make it one of your priorities. Cool. So Mercedes, what's in your what's in, what's in your third spot? So my third spot um, is also another Tomorrowland favorite. Although you can also find it in Hollywood Studios if you're in Florida, and it is Star Tours. And I know you're like, what the hell? I actually do like Star Tours. Um, again, I know I have this whole thing about Star Wars and Marvel being in the parks. Blah blah blah. I've harped on about it enough. 
But because Star, I'm a bit of a hypocrite with things like this, because Star Tours was always in California the first time I went, it was one of the first rides I went on, therefore I can accept it. And I actually do think it's a very good ride. I think it's very well done. Um, I haven't been since they've updated it, but I, I, I do like it. I think it's a great story. I really like a... Um, Simulator. Simulator, I was looking for yeah. that. Thank you. I do really enjoy a sim- good simulator if it's done well. Yeah, I think for me, um, similarly, Star Tours is a ride that's kind of always been in Disney parks throughout my childhood and things. I believe that the Disneyland Paris version's been there since the 90s. Um, I definitely recall going on it in Florida in the kind of early noughties and that sort of thing. Um, I think the, the thing that I really like about Star Tours is the fact that it is a simulator, but with the most recent updates, they are able to bring in elements from the new movies and they can literally close it for like a month and then you've got a brand new attraction which I think is amazing it's so refreshed um I love the fact that every time you ride it now you get a completely different narrative which is amazing um I actually went on it I think about five six times in California recently because I wanted the most recent movies and I kept getting horrible 90s prequel movies that I wasn't satisfied with so you literally can ride this thing time and time again and get a completely different experience um which i just yeah i think it keeps it really modern really fresh you never know what's going to happen um i also love a good simulator i think simulators are probably one of my favorite types of ride i think the only thing um that i would kind of say to disney is that they should probably err on the side of caution a little bit um, because there is a danger, obviously, of slipping into, um, you know, like Universal Studios, where every single ride there now is literally seeming to become a simulator, um, especially in Universal Hollywood, where I went quite recently, there was one coaster and everything else was a simulator. And I don't, when I say a coaster, I mean like a track ride. There was nothing else that was a track ride. It was all simulation and it can get a little bit repetitive, but I think that that's something that Disney do quite well. I mean, I've already discussed Toy Story Mania, which I guess you could kind of argue is a bit of a simulator. It's a 3D screen-based ride in the same sort of vein as Star Tours, but they're worlds apart. They're so so different and so unique and I think that's what Disney do well it doesn't feel like they're just rehashing out the same same sort of stuff um I love the queue of Star Tours as well it's almost like you're in this kind of airport terminal and there's all these robots and some of them are checking baggage and then there's announcements over the tannoy and if you listen lots of them are easter eggs for you know very famous people and people that worked on Star wars the movies and that kind of thing um yeah and i think also just to summarize um i can share it with my horribly grumpy boyfriend which i know that sounds really silly but that is a really big part of kind of why i love it he's massively into star wars and it's really nice that we can go on that ride and we can both have a really enjoyable experience together and both really like it even though it makes him a little bit sick (laughs) (laughs) bless him yeah no I completely agree I think I think they do do those kind of rides very well but um yeah I do also worry about slipping into them too many because I mean there are a lot of avenues that you can go down with them but also there is nothing better than a traditional kind of coaster or track ride and I kind of hope that you know more technology is put into kind of improving them and you know finding new opportunities and ways to take them than just kind of focusing solely on screen rides because they think you can kind of they can kind of take you further it feels like the easy option i think because if you've got a screen ride you can create these incredible landscapes and sets without actually doing anything at all and you can constantly change it like you say yeah they can keep it fresh and updated and stuff which obviously is an appeal Mm. but 
it does feel a bit lazy. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So now we're moving on to the second position, the silver medal, if you will. What have you got on your list, Tash? So this is a classic. It's Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah. Splash Mountain. I love Splash Mountain. Again, it kind of harks back to what I was saying about it being um, an old family favourite of my family's when we used to go to California. Um, Again, you really get your money's worth with that ride. It's a very long ride and I've harped on about this with every single ride I've spoken about, but it tells such a great story. So obviously it focuses on some of the South and you've got the characters of Br'er Rabbit and co there and you've got that great zippity-doo-dah soundtrack as well, um, which is funny because I'm not... I'm not into that film. It's not one that I've seen a bunch of times. Br'er Rabbit is not really a character that I associate myself with, to be honest. But um, I just think it's done so well. I think kind of the animatronics and the technology are amazing. And again, I don't think it dates. I think it's done very, very well. Um, And I love that it's kind of the combination of it is one of those rides where you've got the story with the animatronics, but then also you have got kind of the drop at the end um and i do love a good water ride and i think that is something that disney don't have many of really to be honest and um yeah i've always thought that this is a a very very great one for me yeah splash mountain is one that i definitely um i wouldn't put it in my favorites obviously i haven't done so um but i definitely like it a lot as an attraction and for me it's got really positive happy memories because i very much associate it with our florida holidays because obviously they don't have water rides in paris what with the weather being so unpredictable so going to splash mountain um you know in florida on a really hot summer's day just brings back really lovely nostalgic memories for me as i'm sure it does with you with california as well so yeah i do really like splash mountain as well um if you listened a couple of weeks ago during our our hana section with my friend dan you'll uh, hear our absolute outrage when he said that he didn't like the ride so um yeah i think tash and i are both pretty unified in our love of that ride it's such a positive happy ride as well it's one of those rides that you come off and you just feel in such a good mood because it's just such a nice family friendly positive happy ride I now like you can't be in a bad mood well no ride. now now i disagree with you because i was in a terrible mood when i got off and my pants <laughs> oh, were yeah. wet i was not happy and my my ticket because they still do paper tickets in california my ticket was all wet and disintegrated luckily like it did dry out so i could actually use it for the next i do day. think that disney can and i would actually be fascinated to know if this is true i do think that they must be able to somehow change how wet you get on those rides maybe they change kind of the way the water splashes at you i don't know but i always thought it going on the rapids um in shanghai because you would go on kind of in the autumn in the winter when it wasn't hot and you wouldn't get a drop on you whereas you would go in the middle of summer and you would come off absolutely drenched so i definitely think they have got some kind of mechanic in that water that kind of makes it splash up at you yeah maybe they have like extra jets or they can change the water levels or something like that but i would agree with you because i mean as i say i've ridden splash mountain in florida like multiple times and yeah you get wet but you know just a standard amount but this was like i had to change my clothes my bra was wet my pants were wet i was like shaking i was so cold and it was like a really warm day um the inside of my bag got wet like it was just crazy but um no i do i do like splash mountain and i would agree with pretty much everything that you've said about it cool so mercedes talk to us through your number two spot 
So in second place, I have got the Hollywood Tower of Terror. Um, now, I was thinking about this long and hard, and I cannot choose between the Hollywood Tower of Terror and also Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in California, which I know will outrage a lot of people. Um, but essentially, I think they're both great attractions um, for the same reasons, even though they're slightly different rides. So obviously, the mechanic of the going up and down is super super thrilling and unlike any other attraction in any of the Disney parks there's nothing quite like that sensation which I love um, I love the theming of both of them I think that um, the classic 1940s Hollywood Tower that's kind of been left um, and again cobwebs they'd have to clean exactly well, <laughs> but I love all of that that kind of homage to Tinseltown and Hollywood and everything I love but then equally I love the collector's gallery from Guardians of the Galaxy and all the strange artifacts that you can find in there um, the narrative from the Twilight Zone is brilliant in the original I love that you know you get to see the people disappear just before you drop and they build that suspense that way but then equally I love the narrative from Guardians of the Galaxy so I think that they both do the same thing well essentially but just in different ways um but yeah I think it was it was really difficult for me to choose between my second and first attractions but um yeah I decided to put this in second place definitely I I agree with everything that you've said I mean obviously it's not been in my top five but I do think it is another classic obviously I haven't ridden um Guardians of the Galaxy um, but I think, yeah, what you're saying with the Tower of Terror is one of those classic Disney rides. Again, story very well told. And I love the whole queuing system for it. I think it's probably, yeah. maybe actually, maybe we should do an episode on queues. I think it might be one of my favourite queues. It's my second favourite queue after the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Nice. I think you would really like Guardians of the Galaxy because of the music. Yeah, quite a few people have said that to me, actually. Yeah, so... Whenever I say I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy, they're like, what? But the ride, the the ride especially, because it changes every time you go on it. Oh, that's cool. So similarly to Star Tours, the narrative is slightly different each time, and so is the music. So the first time I went on it, they're playing Jackson 5, which is just your name all over that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's classic 80s music, which you would love, although I think that's from the 70s, but anyway. I digress um but yeah I think that regardless of whether you watch the movie and like the movie or not I think having that sensation of kind of free falling with the Jackson 5 blaring out is pretty amazing awesome. I didn't so, know that that sounds so up my street so up your street yeah you would love it definitely so now we're moving on to the golden spot <laughs> da, 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 da. what will it be uh but before we get there we do have some noteworthy honorable mentions so I'm going to kick you off very briefly with mine. So um, honourable mentions, I just want to mention <laughs> Mercedes, one of your favourites, the Matterhorn Bobsleds in California. <laughs> um, I know you don't like this ride. And I, again, in my fairness, I haven't been on this ride for a good many years, I think since 2013. Um, I love this ride. Again, a good family friendly ride. It kind of harks back to what I was saying about I first went on it when I was at that age where I wasn't quite going on the big roller coasters. Um, so the Matterhorn Bob says, I love, I love the whole thing about you're in kind of this big mountain, you're being thrown around, you're going sort of up, down, all over the place. Um, yeah, it's just a real great one for me. In the similar vein, uh, what an honourable mention that I have on my list is Big Thunder Mountain, classic Disney ride, cannot go wrong with that one. Yeah, I would agree. Um, next up on mine, California Screaming. Um, again, 
good thrill ride in California Adventure. Obviously, it's not that anymore. It is the Incredicoaster, which you rode this year. Yes, so I would agree that the Incredicoaster was another one that I had kind of in my honourable mentions list. Um, fantastic coaster, and as Tasha said a few times during this episode, there is a real lack of kind of thrill-seeking attractions, which is why I love that one so much. Um, next up, I had Soaring, which I guess I, I think a lot of people would probably have in their top five. The reason I didn't um, is purely because I feel the technology technology hasn't dated particularly well and I also think that after the first time you ride that it never quite lives up to that same expectation um, I know Tash you have a few issues with soaring which potentially you may get to hear more about next week if you tune in yeah stay tuned <laughs> next up on my list would be Mystic Manor in Hong Kong um, which I briefly mentioned obviously it's kind of a take on Phantom Manor and the Haunted Mansion um, it has this great Danny Elfman score with it and it is probably I think a lot of people say it's one of the best Disney rides and um, again great way and it, it tells a story in such a great way it focuses on um this man who's kind of this adventurer lord henry and his pet monkey albert um, and kind of the mischief that they release on uh this manor i really want to go on that it's really good so much. much so next up on my noteworthy honorable mentions i have the great movie ride so i mentioned this one a little bit um when we were talking about indiana jones um it was essentially it's no longer there anymore it was essentially a ride in hollywood studios where you went through a kind of tram tour style dark ride with lots of different sets from different movies and there were lots of kind of unexpected twists and turns that took place plus some pretty awesome animatronics um, and I'm gutted they've got rid of that ride they've now replaced it with a kind of runaway train style Mickey Mouse attraction that uses screens and I think is a bit of a simulator and it's that animation style of Mickey that we hate. Oh no. The brand new. Yeah, I don't like that. It's awful. And I can't believe they've got rid of such a such a unique attraction. Yeah. There really isn't anything like that in any of the other Disney parks. Um, but it is kind of evident, I think, from that going as well, that they are definitely taking a step away from Hollywood with Hollywood Studios. So yeah, a bit of a shame that one. Next up on mine, we have Radiator Springs in California Adventure. Um, again, this is a great, great ride. It is one of the most popular in that park, I believe. So if you are going, do try and get fast passes because the queues can be ridiculous for that ride. Yeah, when I went in March, like it was a three hour queue pretty much all day. So we did get fast passes. I would agree. I think the Radiator Springs races was one that I kind of toyed with. And definitely if I was doing a top 10, it would be in there 100% fantastic attraction suitable for all the family as well i think you could take kind of you know kids age six seven years old it would be suitable for them but it has got that kind of element of thrill as well which makes it super interesting and then finally um just one more that i wanted to mention um on my list i've got dinosaur which is a bit of a strange one um it's a classic attraction from animal kingdom um it was kind of their flagship ride when the park opened if you will and it's essentially a bit like the indiana jones ride that you were talking about in disneyland california you're in a jeep you go through this kind of portal that takes you back in time and um yeah dinosaurs got absolutely nothing to do with the movie dinosaur that was literally going to be my next question well so they do have when you first go in the queue is done to look a bit like a museum like a natural history museum type thing and is it aladar yeah they have a big figure of aladar okay. so i think perhaps it was going to be linked but then maybe because the movie was such a commercial flop they decided not to it's more like a jurassic park style dinosaur attraction it's like big t-rexes and stuff that want to eat you so it's quite frightening um and as we mentioned with indiana jones it's one of these rides that like really shakes you about and you feel like you're going to fall out 
which um, adds an element of thrill that I love. Definitely. And finally, one I want to mention, um, again, another old classic is Space Mountain. Um, I feel like we can't go through this list without mentioning Space Mountain. Um, again, one of the thrill rides I think that you kind of expect to find in many of the parks, although it's not in every park. Um, but yeah, just a classic ride that I think you can't really beat. Definitely. Space Mountain and Phantom Man... Uh, sorry, Space Mountain and Toy Story Mania I was struggling with in fifth position and um, yeah, obviously I went with the latter, but Space Mountain is definitely a favourite of mine, particularly the Paris version. Very nice. Okay, so drumroll please, let's reveal our number one. We have the same number one. We do. And if you've been listening to these podcasts over the previous few weeks or so, you probably know what's coming. Should we say it together? Yes. Three, two, one. Pirates of of the the Caribbean. Caribbean. But... In Shanghai. Yes. <laughs> Battle for the shrunken, tre- shrunken treasure. Yes. Um, the one in Shanghai is... It's just... I can't even describe that ride, how much I love it. So I think Mercedes and I had quite different experiences with this ride. Mercedes always likes to kind of watch the POV videos on YouTube to know what she's getting, whereas I like to go in with a total element of surprise. Um, so when I first rode, rode this ride, went on this ride, um, I kind of knew that it had been updated with some new technology and it wasn't going to be quite the same as in other parks but oh my god I was completely blown away um we have spoken about it a little bit before so we won't go on about it too much and also I don't think we should ruin it for anyone who is potentially going um but it kind of uses screen technology to kind of make you feel like it's 3d and make you feel like you're submerged in water um it's just great and then you've got the great hands in the soundtrack as well to kind of oh that music gives me chills i love it it just completely adds to it definitely i think a consistent theme actually as we've kind of run through our top five favorites and perhaps something we hadn't initially realized would be a theme is the fact that tasha and i seem to love when disney take a classic attraction but then subvert it in some way and give you something like an element of surprise whether that's the grizzly what's it called (laughs) a big grizzly mountain big grizzly mountain with the kind of going backwards which is like a take on big thunder mountain but has that additional element or whether it's this pirates of the caribbean in shanghai where you've got your traditional dark ride in a boat but then the boats start turning and twisting and you've got screens and it's all just a little bit heightened um i think the hans zimmer soundtrack for me is a really really big draw as well and they have actually started to implement that on some of the other pirates of the caribbeans around the world and i definitely think that that's made for them to be better attractions as well and don't get me wrong i do absolutely love pirates of the caribbean anyway um i'm pretty sure it would probably feature on my top five somewhere regardless of whether or not i'd been on this shanghai version but this shanghai version is like the best ride not even just at a disney park it's the best attraction i've ever been on i would i would agree with that i really would it's amazing just the way it's done so well and i think the fact that what goes to show i mean it's we can't understand the story on it obviously we know the story of pirates of the caribbean but it is all in mandarin and the fact that that doesn't take away from how great the ride is for us is really something and it really says something about that ride um my only tiny criticism of it is is if you go on it and you don't look where you're meant to then you kind of see the screens being reset and stuff so if you are going on it anytime soon don't do that look where you're meant to yeah i always say that to people in any kind of simulator like you can do it on the ratatouille ride in disneyland paris as well you can totally 
bother. You can totally ruin it for yourself, um, as Tash said with Toy Story Mania as well. If you get distracted and you look away from kind of where your attention should be, then yeah, you can really, really spoil the experience. But then equally, you can do that in a, tra- a traditional ride as well, like with Small World, if you look at the ceiling. True, yeah. And <laughs> you're very much reminded of the fact that you are in a big warehouse. Very much so. So yeah, that is pretty much um, the reasons why we absolutely adore the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Shanghai. Um, please do let us know if you agree with our top five picks or if you have a few other attractions of your own that you think we maybe should have mentioned in there we would love to hear from you as ever you can contact us at chat disney on instagram or at chat disney uk on twitter we are now going to be moving on to the next part of our episode ohana ohana means family family means nobody gets left behind So this week, we are joined by Tom. So Tom, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little about about who you are and how you know Mercedes and I. Okay, hey everybody. Uh, Yeah, I'm Tom. Um, I first met Tash when uh, we were living together in Shanghai um, and we both figured out that we had a massive love uh, of Disney um, and we ended up going to Disney every single week on a Tuesday, which was awesome. Uh, and then Tash kept talking about her friend Mercedes, who is another big Disney fan. Uh, so when we came back to the UK, I was uh, introduced to Mercedes uh, and we've been friends and bonded over Disney ever since. I think you told that very accurately and very well. <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> I remember you two first met at my wedding last year. Yes. And I was like, Tom, you have to meet Mercedes. Mercedes, <laughs> you have to meet Tom. That's literally how it happens. Pretty much. Very much so, yes. So, Tom, um, aside from how you know us, what is your relationship to Disney? You've spoken a little bit about how you and I used to go to Disney in Shanghai a lot. We were season pass holders. We yep. were very lucky. But how did you become a Disney obsessive? I think it started when I, I was quite young. I remember my first film that I got on video uh, was Cinderella, and I think Fantasia was after that. And I've just grown up with it, really. I was really fortunate that I got to go to quite a few of the parks when I was younger. Um, and I know you've mentioned this in, in previous episodes, but the older you get and the more kind of disposable income that you have to, to spend on Disney, it just kind of means that you become a bit a bigger and bigger fan. So that's effectively what's happened with me. And um, yeah, as, as the years have gone on, I've just got more and more obsessed with it, really. Very cool. And you've mentioned Cinderella and Fantasia, some of the classics there. Would you say they're your favourite Disney films? Um, No, I don't think so. I think my favourites are probably Peter Pan, Lion King, which I know you don't like. (laughs) Which is very upsetting. Um, And also Tangled. I think Tangled is such an underrated film as well. Tangled always reminds me of you. Really? <laughs> and then probably Brave is a, a very close second to, to those three as well. Yeah. Another really underrated film as well. I would agree. I would say that I think Tangled, I actually prefer to Frozen. Uh, unpopular opinion. I, so yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I yeah. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. So going on from film, do your favourite characters come from those films or do you have separate favourite characters? So Flynn Rider, yeah, is probably my most favourite character because he's just so cool. He's a brilliant character, I think, and so well written and so well played as well in the films. So, yeah, I think he's my favourite character for sure. I like him too. I like that he's got this kind of, you know, this 
exterior that we kind of get to know, but yeah. then we find out that he's actually Eugene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love yeah. that. And there's the, I, think, I don't know if you've seen this, there's this thing on, on Facebook where it's, uh, there are people that call him uh, Flynn Rider, there are people that call him Eugene Fitzherbert, and then there are people that don't know what we're talking about. And it's so true. <laughs> Very much Very so. True. Have you ever met Flynn in any of the parks? I have smouldered at him and Rapunzel in Shanghai when they did the parade. So not mess him, but I like to feel that we've got a connection. You had a moment. We had a moment, many moments. Yeah, many moments. You've smouldered at uh, the pair of them. The pair of them. And they smouldered back, yeah. (laughs) Actually, we used to have it, didn't we? Because we went so frequently. So we used to have our Flynn, our Rapunzel. That's right. And when we saw them coming down the parade route, we were kind of trying to guess if they were our ones or not. Yeah, and we were very disappointed when they were. They were great, though, all of the people. But uh, we had our two that we had as our favourites, didn't we? (laughs) So obviously you've spoken a lot about Shanghai. Which Disney parks around the globe have you been lucky enough to visit? Yeah, so I've done all of them except Tokyo. Um, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, I did uh, California and, and Paris um, and uh, Florida, so Disney World when I was a little bit younger. Um, and then obviously living in Shanghai, we did Shanghai quite a lot. And then when I was living there, I got to do Hong Kong as well. I, I got taken for, for my birthday, which was really, really Amazing. nice. So yeah, just, uh, just Tokyo left. So as a resort, which is your favourite? I think probably Paris because that was the first one I ever went to as a kid and I think you always remember the first one you go to um and also because growing up with it it's just got bigger and bigger um and so I got to go when I was like in my teens as well so kind of getting to see how it how it grew as a resort Paris is probably my my favorite yeah I can really relate to that I have a really special place in my heart for Paris and I know that when we've spoken in these weeks I've always kind of said Florida is my favorite but then when it actually comes down to it I think it's Paris it always sticks with you doesn't it it does it's kind of well it's our kind of home park isn't it yeah the closest to the UK and I think for me as well seeing that development and that evolution has been really amazing and yeah you mentioned being a teenager and there was definitely a period when we were teenagers where Paris kind of took a bit of a tumble yes but it's really elevated itself in recent years so yeah makes me very happy to see definitely what about favorite ride probably Tron at Shanghai I think there are certainly rides that are better visually, so like Pirates uh, of the Caribbean in Shanghai as well. But I think as a ride that I've done the most, and I think we probably have done the most, is definitely Tron. And obviously it being the fastest Disney roller coaster as well, and obviously Shanghai not having too many roller coasters it's probably one the, definitely the one that yeah. i think sticks tron with. tron in that sense it gives me a lot of happy memories yeah um, yeah yeah and actually for anyone who's listening if you are going to shanghai um a little challenge for you one thing we used to do when we used to go on tron is to try and create a different photo every time so yeah, different pose, yeah, my favorite one is one of us hugging yeah <laughs> and we did another one of us launched, sleeping as well we did do one of yeah. us sleeping yeah there are there are many you'll have to dig them out yeah, but, uh, yeah tron <laughs> i love tron as well it's brilliant yeah, yeah definitely okay my favorite question what is your unpopular disney opinion yes I've tried to think about this long and hard, and I have many, many. But I think my most unpopular one is, whilst I think that, that Star Wars and Marvel are absolutely fine in their own little worlds and in their own rights, 
I don't like the fact they're part of the Disney universe. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's my most unpopular Disney opinion. This is something I frequently struggle with on yep. this podcast because yep. Mercedes is quite yeah. a fan So now. I've heard, yeah. Uh, so this we is have a quite new, conflicting well, opinions. This is, a new, this is a new thing, and I think for me, I'm kind of... I do understand, but I... I have quite an obsessive personality. You do. Right. And if something is... Like, for example, I want to maximise my Disney trip Mm -hmm. to the full. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to Disneyland in California and they've opened Galaxy's Edge, I want to understand every little nuance, Mm -hmm. every food item, because, you know, food is the only reason I go to Disneyland. (laughs) Every food item, I want to understand the reference. Why is that there? Who is that character in the parade? Why is there this cave drawing on the wall? What is the significance (laughs) of that? I've actually never thought about it like that, but it makes a lot of sense yeah. that you say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. I mean, like, Tower of Terror, the people that are like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Missions Breaker, I can't believe they did that. You clearly haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy because, honestly, it's better. <laughs> it's better. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. and this is the thing, is like, in their own little worlds, I'm sure they're gross, and I've seen some Star Wars, and I've seen some Marvels, but just uh, people have become obsessed with them and they mm. see them as like part of the Disney universe and you go to the parks and they're dressed up as them and for me that's not what Disney I I agree I feel like it's almost taking away a little bit and I know exactly. we have to move with the times and things but for me it is it's very strange going and seeing a child dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. Or, like, or where like, are your ears? Exactly. Or the people wearing, like, Duffy stuff as well. This is another unpopular <laughs> <laughs> I knew this one was yeah. coming. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Tom, tell us about Duffy. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, how do I put this gently? I despise that stupid bear. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I disagree with Duffy's existence. And uh, the fact that in uh, the Asian parks as well, he's... Or like he and his family and whatever they are, they've just overtaken Mickey and and Minnie and. So what? Oh. What? Because because I've expressed this opinion on yes. this podcast quite a few times. What What do you think it is that riles you so much about Duffy? Many things. Uh, I I don't like the obsession with it and the fact that it's kind of like I say overtaken Mickey and and his friends and family. Um, and the fact that it's got nothing to do with Disney. They're like, they haven't come from a film. They haven't come uh, from a, a TV show, for example, or any of the other kind of uh, anything else to do with the Disney universe. They've just kind of popped up as almost like a marketing ploy to get people to gravitate to, to the parks. Yeah. I think from my perspective, having not been around Duffy as much as you guys, yeah. listening to your rants, because, I mean, I, I, <laughs> D- Duffy and I don't have a relationship, you know, I could say whatever I want about the bear. But obviously, yeah, he doesn't rile me up quite yes. as much as he does with the pair of you. I think from listening to you both, the two main takes I've got from it is one, a lack of authenticity. Yeah. And two, you're absolutely bang on its marketing. Yeah. And you can see through it. And I think, I guess this is why I love Frozen. But with Frozen, I almost, when that came out, I felt a bit like, oh, very clever, Disney. Why have one princess when you can have two? Yeah. yeah. And, and Anna and Elsa aren't even part of the official Disney princess yeah, lineup. No. They're their no, own yeah. separate thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like Duffy... It's, it is, it's those two things, it's a combination. Yeah. And they, they release new characters every year, like Gelatoni and the turtle thing that you like. I like the turtle. <laughs> I think if you look at them on face value, they are quite cute. 
They have right. to be, otherwise they wouldn't sell. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can argue with that. But like the the whole story that that Minnie gave Mickey Duffy yeah. the Disney bear to go on a long trip and whatever. I think I think again we've we yeah as you said we have seen it a lot a and lot. we've seen people and it looks amazing when people parade around those parks they go in to the town on it. Oh, and they goodness. have those see through bags with, with all the, the things the teddies and things yeah. in them and I look at them I'm like wow I just want to look at you for ages but, but the thing we always said practical. was these people can't be going on for example they're Trump. not going on Trump, they're not going on Trump. Trump. Cage yeah. skirt. what are you going on but then again and I challenge you and again this is exactly what I said in the Tokyo episode so apologies for those of you that listened to that but the girls in California that dress in the dapper 1940s, 1950s vintage dresses with the heels, they're not going yeah, to Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, yeah. it's just done in a different way. Yeah. Exactly, and that's obviously their kind of niche. So we'll move on from Duffy yeah. the Bear. Yeah, sorry for ranting. Any others that's okay. We, uh... Anything else? <laughs> you want to get off your chest? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think those are, those are probably my, my main two foibles that I have Kids. with this. I don't yeah. think they're that unpopular, though. No, they see. I think with us lot, they're they're quite kind of. I think the shared. Marvel one is. Yeah, especially I suppose like gender stereotypes as well. I'm meant to like superheroes and mm-hmm. all the rest of it, and I mean especially with my cousins as well. They kind of are incredulous that I despise mm. Marvel and refuse to go and see the films. Yeah. Interesting. There we go. He's taking it up a notch now. He despises Marvel. That's That's it. So moving on from your unpopular opinion, Tom, as a fellow Disney devotee, we thought we would challenge you to ask us your hardest Disney pub quiz question. As you know, Mercedes and I have done very well at winning two Disney pub quizzes and a Toy Story quiz. So, yeah, you uh, have done well. Good luck, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this question has two parts. Um, being that our, our relationship started in, in Shanghai, Shanghai Disney Resort is owned by two companies. Name them both. The Shanghai Shendi Group. Good, and? And Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Tell me the percentages. Oh, it's is it 53 and 47? Is that close? You're very, very close. Uh, Feel free to discuss it. I mean, I'm zero help. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Um, Ask me an obscure Disney character from, like, the bronze era of Disney (laughs) and I'm a girl. It's it's 50-something and 40-something. Yes. I always thought it was 57 and 43. 53 and 47. That's what you just said. Two and eight? 54 and six. 54 No, the other way around. So 50... 57 and 43. Well done, yeah, yes! that's correct. <laughs> Yay, Can you tell me who owns the majority though? Shanghai Shendi Group. Well done, yeah, Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's now move on to a quick round of this or that. So the way that this or that works is we are going to very quickly just give you some quick fire, this or that. You choose which one's your favourite of the two. We don't discuss your opinions. You can say whatever you like. And then, uh, yeah. Unless it sparks outrage. Like Unless it sparks Yeah, outrage. our last segment of Ahana. Mm. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, my friend Dan revealed he hates Splash Mountain. How can you hate Splash Mountain? Unpopular opinion right there. Okay, so let's start off. Shanghai Disneyland or Walt Disney World Florida? Shanghai Disneyland. Shanghai Disneyland or Disneyland Paris? Shanghai. Disneyland Paris or California? Oh, uh, Paris. Interesting. 
Tron or Pirates of the Caribbean? Which Pirates of the Caribbean? Shanghai. Oh, um, um, Tron. Marvel or Star Wars? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. If um, you had to say. Marvel. Peter Pan or Pinocchio? Peter Pan. Mickey or Minnie? Mickey. Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin? Ooh, um, Aladdin. Disney or Pixar? Disney. Splash Mountain or Space Mountain? In Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, Space Mountain. Rapunzel or Belle? Ooh, Rapunzel. Duffy or Shelley May? Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Uh, um, I suppose probably Duffy. Hook or Hades? Hook. And finally, because we know how much you love him, uh, we'll do Shelley May or Stella Lou. Oh, <laughs> can I choose to like push both of them off the cliff? No. Um, um, Shelly May. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. It's been a pleasure having you. Do tune in next week when I'm very excited about this. We will be talking about our worst attractions or rides. Yes, the worst Disney rides of all time. You do yes. not want to miss that. We will be back next Monday. Um, we want to hear your thoughts. So if you don't agree with our favourite attractions or you've got some worst attractions that you want to make sure we discuss, let us know. You can find us, as we said earlier, we're on Instagram at Chat Disney or Twitter at Chat Disney UK. Tune in next week. See you then. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.